0: That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk.
1: All right, it is Friday night edition of Sports Talk. Founders Federal Football Friday night across the state of South Carolina. Great to have you with us. Phil Kornblut in Jacksonville. Weather, not all that bad. I mean, it's passed out of here by the time we were coming up I-95. It was just overcast and... Not even heavy rain, just some sprinkles, uh, no water standing on the road, didn't see trees down. Now, a little bit more south of us in Daytona, I understand uh, they got hit pretty good. That's kind of where the storm came in, and that was a little bit of a different story. But as far as the Jacksonville area, everything's uh, good as gold. So if you're a South Carolina fan planning to come down to Florida uh, tomorrow for the football game, you know, make it a day trip or coming down tomorrow to stay overnight – you're going to have no trouble with the weather because it's pretty much gone from here as far as I could tell. Temperature, it touched 80 on the way down here today. So that's the other thing. It's, uh, it's humid. It's pretty warm for uh, mid-November, but everything's good from the standpoint of traveling down here. So um, even the traffic was moving pretty good for a change. So we are here in Jacksonville on the way to uh, cover South Carolina and Florida tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a moment. Clemson and Louisville. Tomorrow afternoon up in the Valley, Uh, Pat Daniel will cover that. Pat is back at our studios, our Dave and Buster studios in Columbia. And Chris Bergen is with us from over at the HTC Center in Conway. He's got basketball tonight, uh, Coastal Carolina and Methodist. And also tomorrow he's got Coastal Carolina and Southern Miss football as Coastal Carolina wraps up the home slate with a chance to win the division in the Sun Belt and advance to the championship game there. So we got all that going on. High school football playoffs certainly affected by the weather. David Shelton just telling me there's only 17 games in the state tonight. Many games tomorrow. Some games were played last night. Some games were played on Wednesday night. But you know what? If they're playing tonight, we'll have a high school football scoreboard for you at ten o five to report on whatever it is we have to report on. I just told David to be sure to talk slowly and give some really detailed insight into every ball game that we talk about tonight. So Chris, we're ready to rock and roll for another weekend of college football. We're down to the last three games. Of the regular season, South Carolina coming off a win at Vanderbilt. Once again, feeling a little bit better about itself. Uh, See if Marshawn Lloyd makes a trip with the Gamecocks down to Gainesville. Well, I guess they're coming down tonight. They might already be there. See if he shows up at the stadium tomorrow. Uh, That will be important. That will be a key cog for what they want to do offensively.
2: They're going to have to have him fill, there's no question. If they don't have Marshawn Lloyd to get that running attack going, then they're going to have to be as creative as they were at Vanderbilt. And if that's the case, I don't know. Obviously, you want Lloyd in the backfield and in the lineup because he's your best threat at running back. But as creative as they were without him against Maybe that forced them to look at some other guys in different positions, like, i.e., a Bell that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. You could have couldn't have found him on a milk carton in the Gamecock offense, but Carolina found a way to get him involved this past week and it paid major, major dividends. And if Marshawn can't go, who's to say maybe you don't put Bell in the backfield a good bit more and make sure you get him the football that direction? But I think to beat a team like Florida, they're going to need everybody available, and that includes Marshawn.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, a healthy Marshawn Lloyd just makes them dangerous. I'd say more dangerous, but they're not that dangerous on offense. But having a healthy Marshawn Lloyd is a—that's uh, a key element for them in the backfield, and really, he gives them that threat as a true running back. I mean, Jaheim Bell is kind of a converted whatever tight end, big receiver, converted to running back. Lloyd is that true running back with running back instincts better than the other running backs. That they have and running the ball against Florida and possessing the football and not turning it over will be essential for South Carolina. Florida struggles on defense against the run, but they turn around and they run it extremely well, especially with their big quarterback. So it's going to be it's going to be on the Gamecocks' defense to play better than they did against Vanderbilt against the run. If Vanderbilt could slash them for what they did, Chris, and have a guy go for 167. Florida with their quarterback, and they've got three running backs who can all get 100-plus, that's going to make for a long day for the Gamecocks if they don't solve that puzzle.
2: It's a great point, Phil, but I think the other avenue to that is the fact that though Carolina struggled defensively against Vanderbilt, the one thing they did do is force turnovers, set themselves up in short fields and an opportunity to score off of Vanderbilt's miscues, and that was a key aspect to that game. Plus, they ran another terrific fake field. That'll be the the sort of hidden yards tomorrow, the hidden aspect of the game. Can USC force some turnovers, win the turnover margin, and also make another play on special teams, which they do every week now? And I I thought it was interesting that uh, Pete Limbo was asked earlier this week if if you have to actually start – do you believe that other teams now have to spend more time preparing for Gamecock special teams because of how good they've been? And he said, absolutely. And that means that they're spending more time worried about what we're doing on special teams than maybe they're not focused solely on trying to stop our offense or figuring out ways to move the ball against our defense.
1: All right, Founders Federal Football Friday, Clemson and Louisville up in the Valley. And Clemson coming off that very disappointing performance at Notre Dame. I don't know if, if people have been too hard, if we've been too hard on Clemson. Like Dabo Sweeney said, it was a bad day at the office. Everybody has one. And we'll see, He, you know, the, the, the earth is not opening up and sucking down the Clemson program. It's not caving in around them. He, he's fully confident they'll bounce back against Louisville tomorrow afternoon and have a much improved performance. But I don't know. we got to see what the quarterback situation is. we got to see the, what the receiver situation is as far as who's going to catch the ball. What about the play calling? As Chuck Reedy pointed out on Wednesday, they got to go more vertical and not so much side to side. I was re-looking at the Notre Dame game uh, today as I was heading down here, and I was, again, just astonished by how many plays, pass plays, they just called little screen passes. And I can remember Clemson fans of a few years ago pulling their hair out over so many uh, screen passes, uh, wide receiver screens and things like that. Attack, attack, attack. Do you think we'll see Clemson attack on offense tomorrow afternoon?
2: bubble screen wasn't that the term that was such a dirty word around the Eclipse football camp field but you're right and i thought chuck reedy was really insightful with some of his comments about maybe what is plaguing a little bit of the eclipse offense but i think if you're a tigers fan you have to take to heart what will Merritt told us last evening will said he had been told by several different people 15 different reasons why clemson against Notre Dame. Well, if that's the case, then you just watch that game away and go back to work and do what you do. You can't obviously fix 15 different things that went wrong in a ball game. You just have to look at it. It was a bad day at the office. It would be different, I think, if you realized and the defensive line just played so poorly, I don't know if we can fix that. I don't anticipate Clemson's defensive front playing nearly as poorly. They're not going to face an offensive line from Louisville like they faced this past week from Notre Dame. So I think in in Will's sort of take last night was there were so many things that went wrong in that ballgame. You just move on. That was one bad day, and you just hope it doesn't turn into two.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, what about your game tomorrow, Coastal Carolina? Southern miss. As I mentioned, uh, Shauna Clears looking to clinch the division, move on to the championship game, but they'll have to do it without their starting quarterback, the guy that makes them go offensively. He's done for the foreseeable future.
2: Yeah, Grayson McCall be done for the next three to six weeks out for the remainder of the regular season and Phil, when Jamie Chalwell made that announcement on Wednesday, I immediately thought, alright, that must mean that uh, Bryce Carpenter is going to be the starter. There is some speculation. He'll obviously play a good bit tomorrow, but they may also try and get Jarrett Guest it's the backup to the backup, if you will. A quarterback has not played all that much but maybe has the biggest arm on the team and they really like what Jarrett Guest brings to the table in the passing game. So you may actually see both of those guys tomorrow running in tandem. One gets a series, the other gets the next series and they go back and forth. Jamie Chadwell has done this in the past with um, if I'm not mistaken it was Bryce Carpenter and Fred Payton a couple of years ago that were interchangeable parts of quarterback. You may actually see Jared get the opening series and then Bryce comes in and gets the same and they just continue to alternate until they figure out what, what's working best, or maybe it's the other way around. Carpenter starts tomorrow, and the guest comes in in series number two, so I'm not sure they're they're sold on that plan. Want to keep that understandably uh, as tight to the vest as possible, but I think you'll see both tomorrow but you won't see number 10, which really makes that offense go. But that's a huge ball game for Coastal. Chance for them to win the division championship at home tomorrow and punch their ticket to the uh, Sunbelt title game. And watching some of the other teams from the West Division, I think the uh, matchup is already starting to take shape. It looks like it'll be Coastal in Troy in the uh, Sunbelt title matchup in a couple of weeks unless some crazy things happen here the final couple of weeks of the regular season but that appears to be at least right now if they play this weekend that would be the uh, matchup in the uh, Sunbelt and those two teams have not met this season. All right
1: as far as other games coming up tomorrow in the state of South Carolina got two championship games on tap in division two in their particular conferences Newberry hosting Mars Hill in the South Atlantic Conference and Benedict hosting Tuskegee in their conference championship game. So see if we get a couple of teams winning some conference championships there. We've also got Furman in a big Southern Conference game at Mercer. The Paladins having a terrific year. They are right up at the top of the Southern Conference standings. And, you know, win tomorrow against Mercer would certainly uh, improve their positioning in the league. The uh, Paladins and Mercer and Chattanooga are all five and one in league play. They all trail Sanford, who is six and zero. Oh, so win tomorrow for Furman would be huge. They're seven and two overall, ranked thirteenth and sixteenth this week. Mercer is ranked eleventh and fourteenth. So that should be a heck of a game over in uh, in Macon, Georgia, in Middle Georgia. We've got uh, Wofford and VMI playing in Spartanburg tomorrow. It's uh, South Carolina State will be at Howard. Uh, Charleston Southern at North Carolina A&T. Virginia Lynchburg. Virginia Lynchburg plays at the Citadel tomorrow. Erskine closes out the season at Barton. North Greenville plays its final game at home against West Georgia. It's a Limestone, home to uh, Emory and Henry. And uh, Allen plays uh, its final game tomorrow at Edward Waters. So that's the schedule around the state of South Carolina. We've got basketball tonight, too, besides your game, Chris. And that's huge. I mean, it doesn't come much bigger in college basketball than Coastal and Methodist. I'll give you that. But we do have. Uh, <laughs> Throw the record books out <laughs> the window when these two teams get together, Phil. Uh, south Carolina Clemson meeting on the hardwood tonight in the columbia the rivalry game uh it's way too early we we don't know anything about these teams right now uh it's kind of a shame i guess to us that they're playing it uh, so early because we're, we're we're so captivated and occupied with football right now but as as people like to say it is what it is and the gamecocks and tigers get together in college basketball tonight both teams are one and zero. uh hard to handicap it chris because uh, we've seen them both one time. They both beat Bulldogs, uh, USC over State, and Clemson over the Citadel. Uh, any idea what to look for tonight? G.G. Jackson probably be the most single, most talented player on, um, on the floor. No uh, P.J. Hall for Clemson hurts them.
2: Um, Gamecocks at home may be an advantage with them. What do you think? I think you just summed it up perfectly, Phil, and I think it speaks volumes that we're 10 minutes into the show and we finally mentioned South Carolina-Clemson in, in any sports, certainly with basketball, and it's an absolute travesty and a shame that that game is tonight, game two of the regular season. The coaching staffs in the athletics department have to do something to maneuver this game into December. I don't care what it takes drop some other non-conference game you've got to find a way to move this game where it's a little more impactful both teams have gotten a couple of ball games underneath their belts let's assume one team wins tonight by 20 points either one of them does that mean they're that much better than the other i don't think the fact the two of the regular season and i think you hit on the uh, biggest injury news without pj hall be curious to see how clemson generates enough offense especially inside and what does gg jackson do in his first and Perhaps only ever opportunity to play in the USC-Clemson rivalry. You just It's insane that it is taking place on November the 11th. The two schools have got to fix this problem and not make basketball the third most important of the arrivals.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I don't like it, but they didn't ask us. And that's, I guess it's the only date they could find this year to get this thing in. Uh, Guys, Clemson one, one, has one dominated –
3: uh, sorry Phil, just to break in, yeah. I wanted to have an opinion there. Just to point out, this is the first time this game has not been played in the month of December, uh since excuse me, it's only been played in December sorry, in November once back in twenty thirteen, going all the way back to two thousand three. So it has been in mm-hmm. December and it's never been in front of the fan base. The students have always been gone on Christmas break. So the Carolina Clemson game has never really had that rivalry feel in basketball. Personally I'm thrilled for this. I can't wait to be there tonight just to actually see the Carolina students and maybe some who came down from Clemson in attendance for the ballgame. It might actually feel like a rivalry game. It may not be far enough into the season to where we're going to see the true performances of these two teams, especially without P.J. Hall at Clemson and USC with a new coach learning a brand-new scheme. But just to have the the rivalry-type atmosphere there, which I'm expecting tonight, personally, I couldn't be happier for that. That's a valid point, Pat, and,
2: and here's a way you fix that. Go back to when they used to play twice a season because it, it, it always was cool to have that game you could play twice. You play one in Columbia, one in Clemson. But if you're not, I, I get your point about the students being there, but I just I think it, it shortchanges the fans to have it this early in the year when neither team is, is really tuned up and ready to go for a contest that means so much in our state.
3: Yeah, that's fair. And, Chris, uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head. You've said this a number of times. I know Phil and myself both have as well. But a perfect scenario, at least to me, and to you, would be Carolina-Clemson football weekend. Play it, say the game this year is up in Clemson, but why not have the basketball game the night before? And then you can make a whole rivalry weekend out of it. That seems like that would get both fan bases involved for multiple days as opposed to just one for football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great idea. And get the golf teams together to play a little match with each other. There's a lot of things they could do around the football game. The Gamecocks lead the series 91-80, but Clemson has been chomping away at that lead. Tigers have won four of the last five, and um, in Columbia, the Gamecocks lead 55-29. But the Gamecocks haven't beaten the Tigers in Columbia since uh, 2014. So, we'll see what happens tonight over at the uh, CLA, South Carolina Clemson. Meantime, the USC women tipping off against Maryland Tonight, up in College Park, in a matchup of, uh, of power teams. College of Charleston playing at North Carolina tonight. And we've also got Belmont over at Furman in college basketball tonight here in South Carolina. So we got a lot going on. And after the break, we're going to catch up on the high school scene with the one and only David Shelton. Take a look at the games that are being played tonight. There aren't that many. But we'll talk about those that are being played. We'll say goodbye to Chris as he heads off to call Shot to clear basketball. We'll come back with David Shelton after the break.
4: in columbia south carolina game days are our specialty whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot the energy remains the same craft the perfect fall saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field from tubing and kayaking to soda city to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue we're ready when you are
0: Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
4: Hope, life, and the Great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars, the SC Hope. The Life and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. Seven billion dollars. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win.
1: Back we are on the high school football Friday night edition of Sports Talk. Founders Federal Football Friday night. The high school football scoreboard coming up at 10.05 tonight. David Shelton will be along. David's along right now as we adjust to some high school football on this Friday night. David, great to have you with us. And uh, as you told me earlier, we don't have a large number of games to be played tonight because of the weather. But I guess we got a couple of good ones. I'm assuming they're still on, right? Spartanburg, T.L. Hanna. And uh, Dorman, Gaffney, for example. The, I mean, Dorman and Dutch Fork. Dorman and Dutch Fork. So, we got a couple of good ones there at least to uh, sink our teeth into.
5: Yeah. Yeah, there'll be, uh, like I said, I could tell 17, 18 games tonight. Um, probably going to be about that many tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, those are two of the better games uh, that will be played tonight. I think Greenville South Point is also playing tonight. Um, and that will be – a really interesting game and what what happens here in the second round of playoffs is there're going to be some really good teams get eliminated there're going to be some teams that that could win the upper or lower state title if they stay alive but they're going to get eliminated over the next uh, 24 hours uh, or 36 hours and uh, that's what makes the playoffs so much fun is that the matchups just really get uh, interesting in the second round, and then next week will be really fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, very competitive, very tight. Uh, what do you think about this Dorman uh, Dutch Fork? Here we go again. Uh, a, a potential a team to uh, to challenge Dutch Fork. They got to come to Columbia. Uh, does Does Dorman have enough in the tank to to hang with Dutch Fork?
5: Uh, I say no, but I've been wrong before. Uh, you know, I, I think Dorman has an opportunity to keep this game competitive. Um, you know, their quarterback play is going to be crucial. And, you know, they've, they've had a really good success running the football, but I think Dutch Fork's going to really gear to take that away. So I don't know how much of a factor. Now, Foster can break runs, but, I mean, this Dutch Fork defense is, is very underrated because they score so many points. They don't really have to be great, but they've been pretty good all year long, even when the offense was struggling. So I think that's a big ask for for Dorman to to go to Dutch Fork and win tonight. Not impossible, but I I would say, you know, I I would give 70% my, you know, probability that Dutch Fork will win tonight.
1: Now all your games in the Charleston area, everything's been postponed till tomorrow?
5: Yeah, yeah. Anybody that's – any school in Dorchester, Berkeley, or Charleston County, there was no school today, so there's no games today. So all, uh, I think there's 11 teams from this, this part, this low country, they're all playing tomorrow. Um, so there'll be nothing nothing down here tonight except raindrops because it's still raining.
1: Huh. Yeah. How heavy did it get down there?
5: Uh, it, it got heavy last night. It, it rained pretty good, um, but and I think that's why they they shut down schools because they really weren't sure how fast it was going to move out with the winds. You know, putting put kids on buses and stuff the early in the morning. So, you know, as they're apt to do, they they uh, lean towards the cautionary stage. And so, mm-hmm. so as soon as that as soon as that came down yesterday, you know, all the games. Were, were automatically pushed to Saturday.
1: Gotcha. All right. And a couple came games the Dorchester. middle and it's just – Right, right. Weren't they playing or did they already play? They played
5: last night. They played last night. And they won. Uh, Yeah, they played
1: Wednesday night and they won 47-0. Got, gotcha. All right, my man, talk to you later on. we got to hit the break and we'll be back. back sports talk sports talk media network founders federal football friday night glad to have you with us wherever you happen to be around the state of south carolina maybe you're headed to the basketball game in columbia headed out to a high school football game heading up to clemson for the louisville game tomorrow heading down here to florida for south carolina and the florida gators glad you're with us wherever you happen to be we are attempting to catch up with Governor Hodges, Attorney General Wilson here for the football filibuster. They are normally with us here at this uh, point of the evening. By the way, I was going to save this for—I um, was going to save this for this moment. And let's see. I think we do have the governor with us now. I'm waiting on Pat to give me the word on the general. As soon as we get the general on board with us, we'll move forward. And I'll hold my thought until we get those two guys with us. This gives me an opportunity to remind you that Pat and normally we're in our studios in Columbia, the Dave and Buster's studio where you can eat, drink, play and catch the big games all season long right there at Dave and Buster's in Greenville, Columbia and Myrtle Beach. And of course this is a great weekend with everything going on. You got the basketball, you got the football, you got the NBA, You got uh, what else is going on? You got some PGA. You got a little bit of everything out there. You got soccer. You got college soccer. Clemson women lost today to Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament. One to nothing, by the way. So Dave and Buster's, that's the place to head. 1025 Woodruff Road in Greenville. 100 Columbiana Circle in Columbia. 1322 Celebrity Circle in Myrtle Beach. All right, Pat. um, We've got the governor. We don't have the general just yet. Maybe the general is um, hes doing a recount of his election total uh, from this past week. Considering he was unopposed, it shouldn't take very long, except that I wrote my own name in against him. Maybe that's what's, uh, what's thrown him off. Let's go ahead and um, get to Governor Jim Hodges. Let's don't uh, hold him up. I know he's a busy man with uh, some important things to do. So you'll hit the theme, there we go. We'll welcome in former governor of the state of South Carolina, Jim Hodges. And I wanted to take this moment, Governor, to welcome you to the program and also, of course, to remember that it is Veterans Day and to thank all the veterans in the audience, the veterans who listen to us every night here on Sports Talk for their service, uh, for what they gave, what they are giving, what their family members gave, what their family members are giving and I know for you, a man who was, um, you know, commander in chief of the state of South Carolina, uh, military, whatever we've got, National Guard, etc. Uh, I know that's something that's very important to you as well.
6: Absolutely, I had a, a grandfather and father who were both World War II vets, and had an uncle actually who died when he was in the military uh, before. It was, it was shortly before Vietnam, so it's uh, very important part of uh, my family's life and heard a lot of great stories about world war ii experiences from my dad and my grandfather so thank you to the veterans who are listening out there for what you've done for the country
1: absolutely and you know they've given us all the freedoms and they've given us uh, a lot of us the opportunity to um, not have to serve in the military if you didn't choose to i know when i was coming along as a teenager it was right at the end of the draft and in fact, uh, my age group was right around the time of the draft lottery. And uh, I was a couple of years too young for that. But I do remember one year when I was like 14 or 15, my uh, birthday came up like number two or number three, you know, something that would definitely have been drafted had I been of age. So I uh, appreciate all those folks that came before us for taking care of that business.
6: I remember that well. I had an older brother who was at Furman and all of the students there had their draft number on their dormitory door. <laughs> so I'm like you. I, 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 was, uh, I was born in 56, so I got a draft card, but uh, and I might have had a draft number, but they were no longer pursuing the draft when I finished high school in 1975. But, uh, but I distinctly remember people having draft numbers on their dorm door because it meant they either were or were not going to get drafted to go to Vietnam.
1: Wow, how about that? Yeah, I registered for the draft, too, when I turned 18. You had to back then. You had to register for the draft, and uh, I, too, had a draft card. I, too, had a draft card, but, uh, boy, it never came into play. As I told – I spoke at the Sumter Touchdown Club this morning, as I told the folks there. Had the country depended on people like me to defend it, we'd all be speaking Chinese today. So it's good that I wasn't (laughs) sent to the front lines, you know? Just just wasn't good that I wasn't sent to the front lines.
6: Yeah, but you defended south of the border. I mean, that's when you heard defending that's the right. border, you thought it meant south of the border, and you did it. All right. That's
1: true. That's true. I made sure that area of the state was well protected, well protected. Well, um, we do not have the general with us tonight at this point in time. I don't know if he's tied up with some uh, activities with uh, Veterans Day or just what. Maybe he's still counting his votes from Tuesday, Governor. What do you think? Do you think he got enough votes?
6: He's counting his losses from sports talk last week. That's why he's not on the call. (laughs) You you put a pretty good thumping
1: on him. You went four and one, and he went two and three. So you have opened up now a five-game lead. You're 28 and 22, and he is 23 and 27. That's
6: right. I I actually had a really good week. I think I was the only Democrat in South Carolina that had a good week last week, but Uh, I did, and uh, looking forward to seeing what we can do this week with the picks.
1: Okay. Well, we'll roll with your picks, and I imagine he'll send us his at some point in time, and we'll figure it out from there. But we'll roll with your picks and kind of debate you here a little bit and maybe talk about what we're going to do. So we've got five games for you against the spread, and we begin in the Tar Heel State with the Bluebellies going to Wake Forest, uh, Wake Forest is favored by four against a North Carolina team that can score ton of points, but they have a hard time stopping people. Remember this game last year? I mean, what they combined for about a hundred and twenty something points. Uh, that that game went back and forth, back and forth all afternoon long. And Wake Forest is favored by four here. What do you think?
6: I, I'll tell you, I, this young quarterback may at North Carolina is as good a freshman as I've seen. Uh, I, I think I'm going to take the Tar Heels and the points. I, it's going to be a really high-scoring game, but uh, he's just exceptional. And um, and I think that he'll be good enough to at least keep it to a field goal. So I'll take the Tar Heels and the points.
1: Tar Heels and the points, yeah. I think um, – I don't know what the over is on this thing. I think I'd, I'd go with the over if I was looking at that. Let's go to the SEC. We've got Georgia at Mississippi State. Got to think about this Georgia team now. They've handled all comers, and they don't seem to be a team that rides the emotional roller coaster. Uh, this is a natural spot for them to have a letdown after that huge home win over Tennessee. But they don't seem to, you know, uh, take their their eye off the target uh, this year the way they've been playing. And they're getting they're laying 16 here against a team that can throw it extremely well, but. I don't know. I'm going to take myself. I'll take Georgia here and lay the points because I think their defense will figure it out against Will Rogers and company. What do you think?
6: I'm with you. I mean, they can't throw it as well as Tennessee, and look what happened to them playing Georgia. Um, I just don't. I think um, Mississippi State tends to have that horizontal passing game. They throw it down to fill some, but Georgia will put so much pressure up the middle. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia, and um, I think that they'll – But the 16 points is not enough, so I'll take Georgia.
1: All right, you got the Bulldogs. They're having another special year, tell you what. Let's go to Alabama and Ole Miss. Now, Alabama's got the tough loss at LSU Uh, in its memory banks. uh, How enthused are they going to be knowing that uh, they're out of the playoffs? Uh, Ole Miss, this would be a huge win for them for a number of reasons, not the least of which uh, keeps them within uh, with an opportunity to win the West if LSU falters, um, maybe keep some hopes alive for them for the postseason and the playoffs, who knows. Uh, and they're home getting 12, and they're pretty potent, and they're pretty good on defense too. But it's Alabama. But is it Alabama? What do you think?
6: Well, we know how close Lane Kiffin and uh, Coach Saban are. <laughs> so I- – I, I really believe that uh, this isn't now. This is not the Alabama team defensively and at receiver that they have been in the past. Uh, I just think all around they're not as good as they as they have been. So I think that's too many points for a game at Mississippi. I think it'll be. I think Alabama will win, but I believe it'll be more like a touchdown. So I'll take Mississippi. Oh Miss, you got
1: okay to the in-state games. Let's go to the upstate. Louisville at Clemson. Tigers are favored by seven. We know what happened last week. How will Clemson respond? I got to believe it was a tough week on the practice field for those guys. Louisville got a little something going now. You know, they're they're feeling pretty confident. They got a dangerous quarterback and some other dangerous weapons, and they've played some pretty good defense here of late. But it's Clemson at home, kind of back against the wall, kind of the old uh, show me, you know, us against the world, the Roy bus, whatever you want to motivational term you want to use up there. So what
6: do you think? Are Lamar Jackson and Devontae Parker going to be able to play for Louisville this week? That's the rumor out there. Let me ask you that. Yeah. If, you if, know, if, I haven't seen heard yet. I'll have to. Yeah. Well, if, if neither of them are playing, then I'm going to pick Clemson because <laughs> I, you know, um, Hey, Clemson's just this is, but this is perfectly set up for Davo's uh, psychology with his players. Uh, I just don't think Louisville is that good, and I think Clemson's going to really beat them at least two touchdowns. So you like the Tigers to cover? Absolutely.
1: Okay. All right. Give you the Tigers to cover there, and let's see. That takes us to South Carolina, and Florida, and. Uh, I'm on my way to Gainesville here in Jacksonville, about an hour or so away from Gainesville. So going to be a sold-out Swamp Senior Day. They're coming off a big win at Texas A&M. Offensively, they were tremendous against A&M and good enough on defense to kind of keep A&M in check. But defense has been their issue this season. If they get it going on the ground – like, if they rush for over 208 yards, I think it is, every game this year above that, they've won. Less than that, they've lost. So, that seems to be the, the cutoff line there. But I don't know if South Carolina's defense can stop the run that well based on what we saw last week. Anyway, Gamecocks are getting
6: eight. What do you think? No, I mean, I hear you. it's uh, – the Gamecocks certainly weren't impressive on defense last last week. Um I'm, st- I'm still going to take the Cox. I think that's too many points. Um, I-, I-, I think we can score on their defense. They may be able to score on ours, but uh, I-, I believe we will keep it under eight. Now, whether we'll win or not, I- I'm not sure. But uh, I think mean, that depends on whether we get some turnovers. But uh, I'm going to take the point. I'm going to take the Cox and the points. Taking the
1: Gamecocks and the points. Okay. Down here against Florida, could you see them winning straight up?
6: I could. Yeah, I could. I I think if we win straight up, it will be because we are able to, you know, to load the box, stop the run, make them pass and get a few turnovers. And I, you know, special teams, I think we're better than they are. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be the key. And, and let's, you know, if if Rattler has the sort of efficient game he had last week, you know, certainly we, we can win that game. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, is it probable? Probably not, but it's, it's, it's possible. And I think it, I think it will be close. Okay.
1: I just got a text message from the general Pat. If you're uh, listening to me, you want to give him a quick call. He just got some sales service back. He must be somewhere where the sales service is spotty. And if you want to give him a quick call or let me know if we've got him on the line, we might be able to pop him up here very quickly and get his picks. So let me know what the plan is there. Um And we'll move forward. And we also have Lee Sterling coming up with our Sterling picks here in just a little bit. But just to recap for you, Governor, you've taken North Carolina. You've taken Georgia. North Carolina laying the four. Georgia getting the 16. Ole Miss getting the 12. Clemson laying the seven. And the Gamecocks uh, getting the eight. Gamecocks getting the eight.
3: Corn, just a reminder, I'm unable to call out while we have a guest live on the air, so Governor is not not able to respond right now if you want me to call the Attorney General.
1: Okay, call the Attorney General, and in the meantime, while we do that, I will go over our picks for this week, the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge. As soon as we get the Attorney General on, we'll get his quick picks, and then Lee Sterling will join us with his, uh, his picks from ParamountSports.com. So as far as the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge is concerned, Smitty continues to uh, be the leader at 33-17. and 17. He had a three-and-two week last week. But he is uh, out in front, and he has a pretty healthy lead on everybody. Uh, he's blowing the pack away. Let's see, he's got a seven-game lead right now over the Big Kahuna, Bobby Harton, two-and-three last week. He's 26 and 24. Uh, Jim Corbett. How about Jim Corbett? Five and o last week. Jimbo goes to 25 and 25, and then everybody else is under 500. I'm 24 and 26. Went four. I went uh, one and four last week. And Alan Smothers 24 26. He went two and three. Fran Halloran three and two last week. Uh, Kevin Cohen three and two last week. Also 24 26. Two and three last week was Pat, and he went 23, uh, he's at 23 and 27. And then uh, at 22 and 28, Dr. Rick and Chris, Chris went three and two. Dr. Rick had a good week, four and one, to improve to 22 and 28. Teddy Hefner, a three and two week, he's at 22 and 28. And uh, in the basement, once again, despite a four and one week last week, is Pete Yannity, four and one last week, and he is 20 and 30 um, after his good week last week, but he has a lot of work to do.
3: Corn, some bad right, news so for you. We've got the governor still with us, but uh, Attorney General Wilson will be unable will be unable to join us. He is at a conference down in Charleston, but will send his picks over momentarily, but, uh, but is unable to actually join us on air tonight.
1: Okay, well, that's fine. We'll let the governor go, and we'll hit our break and uh, connect with Lee Sterling. Governor, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy your football. We'll talk to you next week.
6: Yes, sir. You too.
1: Good hearing from you. All right, Governor Jim Hodges, and in um, in his stead, uh, Attorney General Alan Wilson. No, we have nobody in his stead, but he will send us uh, his picks, and we'll update those as soon as we uh, get those here. And after the break, uh, Lee Sterling will join us, and also we'll go over our picks. I gave you the updated standings for our Pick'Em Challenge and then we'll go over the picks and then Lee Sterling will join us to give us his thoughts on his um, top games of the week. And uh, he had a pretty good week last week as um, he did lose his college game of the year by a half point but 7-0-2 on his service in all other games last week. Be right back.
0: Your
3: home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com.
7: Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands
3: insurance needs.
4: Come <laughs> I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at Jim at Jim Corbett When the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues, some other business causes your business to lose money. Jim at Jim Corbett When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job, Jim at Jim Corbett We're with major Billy Downer
1: of DNR major. which always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses
7: renewed. Doesn't matter what time of year, is always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to you check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, you may go to www.dnr.sc.gov to purchase your license online or to any local license vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR
1: with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network.
4: I want you
0: to want
1: me. Yeah, all I want is to be right in my picks. I need to I need to pick up the pace here because it's getting late early as we like to say. So we went over the standings and um It's a great showing so far for Smitty, man. He's just – he's lighting it up. All right, so for this week, and Lee Sterling coming up momentarily, I'm going to go with the Gamecocks. Uh, Give me Louisville. Give me Ole Miss. Give me Georgia. Give me North Carolina. All right? Don't ask me why. Uh, Chris, he's going with the Gators. He's taking Clemson. He's going with Ole Miss and the points. Georgia Lane, the points, and the Tar Heels. Dr. Rick likes the Gamecocks. Of course he does. And Clemson. He's taking Alabama, Georgia, and Wake Forest. Smitty likes the Gamecocks with the points. He likes Clemson laying the points and Georgia, Ole Miss, Wake Forest. Pat, you're liking the Gators here and you're liking Louisville. You're a a hater. You're a hater, Pat. That's what you are. Um, He likes uh, Ole Miss. He's taking Ole Miss. He's taking Mississippi State. He's taking Wake Forest. Kev Cohen, he likes the Gamecocks, though he is Gator Boy. But he'll take uh, the Gamecocks and the points. He'll take Clemson and lay the points. He'll take Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina. Kahuna will take uh, Florida, Clemson. He's taking Florida over his beloved Gamecocks. He likes uh, he likes Florida to cover. Uh, he's taking Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina. Fran, the money coach, Florida, Clemson, Ole Miss, Georgia, North Carolina for him. Teddy Hafter getting lazy, just taking the home teams again. All he wants is the home teams. Allen – the bad boy of Sports Talk Radio, he's taking the Gamecocks, Clemson, Alabama, North Carolina, uh, and Georgia. Uh, Pete Yanitator uh, he likes the Gamecocks, the Tigers, Alabama, Georgia, and North Carolina. And Jim Corbett, gentleman Jim Corbett, attorney for the Stars, he's taking the Gamecocks. He's taking Clemson. He's taking Alabama. He's taking Georgia. He's taking Wake Forest. And who should argue with him? He went 5-0 and last week. He was Mr. Perfect last week. So I'm certainly not going to – argue there. That's our picks. That's our rundown for the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge for this week. All right, let's get some professional help. We could all use professional help. And for that, we turn to Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee, good evening. One and two for us last week, but on your service, seven oh and two after barely missing on your college
8: game of the year. Yeah, still a good week, 7-1 and two. You always... You always remember the close ones. So got to the one-yard line in a illegal procedure. If you're in a service academy, how do you have an illegal procedure penalty? should never happen.
1: True that. Yeah, yeah. they should be more disciplined than that, I would expect. Right. I would expect more of our military. Okay, <laughs> right. let's get to uh, your games of the week, and then we'll tell folks how to get all your good information. Uh, first of all, let's begin with the uh, the Georgia-Mississippi State game. 16-the-line trap game here? Yeah.
8: I think so. You know, Georgia played an incredible defensive game, but different. They, they're going to face a passer who's going to get rid of the ball early and often, unlike Hendon Hooker, who holds onto the ball, tries to push it down the field. They didn't play last year, but two years ago, Mississippi State kept it close, only lost 30-24. to 24. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Mississippi State, Take grab all the points here. Georgia wins 31-21, but State covers.
1: Mm, all right, maybe a little yep. hangover there for the Bulldogs. Let's go to yep. uh, Clemson laying seven at home against Louisville. How mad are the Tigers and, uh Louisville? Are they as good as they've been showing of late?
8: Well, what they do is they use a um, bunch of different heavy sets uh, to create space for their skilled players on offense. And everyone in the media, you know, focuses on Louisville quarterback Malik Cunningham. He's been very good. But their defense, very underrated. They're quick. They're aggressive. They fly to the ball, uh, mess with the uh, execution. And they've never beaten Clemson, so they'll be motivated 0-7. But last year's score was another 30-24 score. Clemson wins 27-26, but Louisville comes. Yep.
1: That's awfully tight. Awfully tight yep. in the Valley. To the Swamp, Gamecocks. Yep. you got them getting seven against the Gators.
8: Yeah, and, and I think the Gators started to really get this running game going. Uh, more than 250 rushing yards in four of the last five games. Carolina has an iffy rush defense, and I think they're going to have to pass on Florida to be successful here. Um, I think Florida wins and covers here 30-20. to 20.
1: All right, your game of the week is LSU. Favorite by three at Arkansas, ParamountSports.com. Lee, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.
0: Take care. Thank you. Top of the hour. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network.
1: Okay, it's a Founders Federal Football Friday night here on Sports Talk. Glad that you are with us wherever you are dialed in. If you're getting us over the air, over one of our stations, maybe you're getting us on our Twitter stream or YouTube or Facebook. Glad to have you with us. And don't forget the high school football scoreboard coming up tonight as well at 10.05. Not a bunch of games. So David Shelton will do a bunch of talking during the high school football scoreboard, analyzing whatever games we've got. We're going to analyze them to the death, and also preview games uh, coming up on Saturday. Of course, there were some games played yesterday and some games played on Wednesday. We'll bring all that up to speed for you in the time that we're on the air on the high school football scoreboard a little bit later on tonight, 10:05. Make sure you're with us for that. Uh, need to mention, of course, our phone number, 888-898-2525. We can take some calls now. 888 898 South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number. And since 2002, more than 2.1 million lottery-funded scholarships such as Life, Hope, and Palmetto Fellow Scholarships have been awarded to South Carolina students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com/education wins and playing for fun is a win for education. Right, let me catch up on a few things. We've got uh, South Carolina women up on Maryland 4435. there in the third quarter, the uh, Gamecocks are being led. At this point by Boston, who's a perfect six for six from the floor. 12 points, eight rebounds. And Cook has 11 points, but only three of 11 in her shooting tonight. Uh, Beal has nine points for the Gamecocks. So they've carried the bulk of the scoring load thus far. Myers has 18 for Maryland. Gamecocks are shooting 42% to Maryland's 33%. Six of 18 from the ARC. For the Gamecocks, 5 of 14 for the Terps. Maryland has not attempted a free throw, while the Gamecocks are only 2 of 2. Gamecocks have turned it over 12 times. Uh, That's not good. And rebounds, they're killing Maryland 36 to 20 on the boards, winning 22 to 14 in the paint, as you might expect. Now it's 44-35, 445 to play in the third quarter. Over the Colonial Life Arena, Clemson is leading the Gamecocks 9 to 4 and they're about um, they're about 5 minutes in 4 minutes and 13 seconds into the ball game thus far 9 to 6 9 to 6 Clemson the Tigers are 4 of 6 from the floor the Gamecocks 3 of 11 uh, at this point Gamecocks uh, out rebounding Clemson 6 to 3 so they've got some extra shots off of that five offensive rebounds for the Gamecocks thus far That explains why they've had uh, more shots. They're just not making any shots. Um, Brown has two for the Gamecocks. Jackson has two. Bosman's Verdon, who uh, started tonight for the Gamecocks. He was in the starting lineup. He's got a bucket, so he must be feeling better. Uh, Galloway has five for the Tigers. Uh, Middlebrooks has a pair, and Hunter, a pair as well. Nine to six at the media timeout in Columbia, South Carolina, and Clemson. Also, Tell you what's going on elsewhere. Duke is leading upstate, 33-16, 667 to go in the first half. North Carolina with a 3-2 lead over the College of Charleston, about two minutes in in that ball game, And Kentucky over Duquesne, 5-3, looking for other updates, but no other updates are available on scores at this point. So that's where we are with the uh, college basketball Phil, at this point in time.
3: real fast, uh, just – I believe you may have been aware, but for our listeners out there, Bosmans Verdon, who of course transferred here from Illinois, were you aware that he is currently attending USC Law School?
1: You know, I think that uh, when we talked to him, when he committed to the Gamecocks, if my memory is right, in our interview with him, he talked about going to law school.
3: He did, and that's why he's a grant transfer. Right.
1: Yeah, he's a grant transfer from uh, Illinois. He's an older guy, he's been dealing with foot injuries his entire career. But yeah, he's a he's a real sharp cookie.
3: He sure is. He he was he, he kind of blew me away the day that I went up there and was getting that, the introductory press conference with, uh, with Lamont Harris and with all the various players, uh, many of whom transferred in or new to to South Carolina, and and I, I speak for I, I feel confident speaking for most of the media folks that were there that that day. That at least for those of us that it was our first time interacting with him. Just an extremely extremely impressive young man, and the fact that he's able to balance. Not just undergrad, which is one thing, but law school, which many people I knew who went to law school, I mean, they had no social lives whatsoever for three years. They were in the library just constantly, especially that first year. So just extremely impressive to see him succeeding both on and off the court and in law school. Just wanted to point that out.
1: Yeah, that's that's a tough juggle right there to, to be able to handle that. All right, uh, what else do I want to mention to you here before we uh, move on? Maybe some phone calls, 888-898-2525 is the number. If you want to dial us up tonight, had a few other notes. Oh, by the way, this uh, Louisville team that Clemson's going to be playing has got a South Carolina flavor to it. Starting running back is Tion Evans, who's out of Hartsville, who uh, went to junior college and then signed with Tennessee, left Tennessee, And I think Louisville was his next stop. I don't remember another stop in there, but he's a starting tailback, starting running back for Louisville. And they also have a wide receiver. The, the kid out of, uh, out of Dylan, the Huggins kid. Um, Give me just a second here. I'll bring it up. He's uh, Amari Huggins, in their receiver rotation. Yeah. Amari Huggins, Bruce uh, is in their receiver rotation. So, a couple of South Carolina guys, a couple of good players from the state of South Carolina, Shrine Bowlers, as I recall, uh, playing in the, in the front uh, front group. Also, got to love the defense of Louisville. They have a defensive end by the name of Yaya Diaby, 6'4", 270, Yaya Diaby. They have an outside linebacker, Yasir Abdullah. Uh, and then they have a middle linebacker, Momo Sanoga, maybe Sanogo. Sanogo they got some names on the defensive side. They're playing better defense, and I think that might be why, you know, they've got some confidence coming into this game. They're 6-3. Three. They're 3-3 three three in the ACC, coming off a 34-10 win over James Madison, non-league, but a James Madison team that has a good offense. But before that, they held Wake Forest to 21 points in a 48-21 win. Before that – They held Pittsburgh to 10 points in a 24-10 win. Before that, they held Virginia to 17 points in a 34-17 win. They only gave up three points to USF and 14 points to UCF, where they got burned defensively three times. Syracuse gave up 31. They gave up 34 to Boston College, and they gave up 35 to Florida State. All three of those were losses. So, when they've been good, they've been really good on defense. And when they've been poor, and maybe some injuries factored into those games where they gave up uh, those points, I don't know, not having followed them all that closely all year. But they're coming in feeling pretty good about their defense. They've always felt good about their offense. As was pointed out by Governor Hodges, they've never beaten Clemson, though they had the Tigers on the ropes last year at Louisville, knocking on the door, remember, they got down to the two-yard line, first and goal at the two-yard line, and went backwards from there, and the game ended on a sack of Cunningham. And Clemson escaped with that win last year at Louisville. We'll see if it's going to be that close and that tight this year.
3: And, Phil, uh, just I one more. also want to mention. Sorry about that. Yes, sir. You, me interrupt you. Uh, no,
1: just break on in. i got nothing <laughs> else going
3: on. I'm trying to find a breath there. So just to, to add to what you're saying here, Louisville is tied for the nation lead in team sacks with 34 on the season. They're tied with Liberty. Uh, they averaged just under four sacks a game on the season. And we saw last week what really decided the game, other than than that blocked punt at the beginning, was, was the trenches. Notre Dame just absolutely dominated the Tigers, both on the offensive line and defensive line. And the offensive line in particular struggled last week. And if, if they're not able to do any better tomorrow against Louisville – DJ or Club Nick or, or Hunter Johnson or whomever we see in the backfield may may really struggle or be on, on a run. And then the Tigers' opponent next week, Miami, is tied for fourth in the country in sacks on the season. So that offensive line really has to get their act together quick, or this may be a, a tough next two weeks. You don't sound like,
1: you know – a very optimistic. Uh, now you're a neutral observer when you're on the job. You know when you're covering the game, neutral observer. You know you sound a little concerned though, with your Clemson background. You sound a little concerned.
3: Uh, yeah, and I, I try to be as realistic as possible. I try try my best to call a spade a spade, regardless of my mm-hmm. background. And I've seen this team up and up close and personal enough times this season to see. Uh, There are a lot of chinks in that armor right now. That that armor is not as steel-plated as it has been in the past. And the trenches is where we have seen these Dabo Sweeney-led teams dominate for the last seven or eight years. And this year, that, that has absolutely not been the case. Whereas coming into this year, the preseason hype was about the strength of both the offensive and the defensive line. And quite frankly, to this point, I think they're lucky to have one loss on the season And as hot as Louisville is entering into this game, both offensively, they're either second or third in the ACC in rushing yards per game. They lead the nation in sacks. The trenches up in Louisville are pretty strong, and I I just feel like that is where the game is won and lost. And tomorrow there may be some upset Tiger fans, and that's why I took Louisville. I do think Clemson ultimately wins the game, but I think it will come down to the very end like it did last year. All right,
1: over at the arena, it's 14-11, Clemson leading the Gamecocks up at Maryland. It's 46-38, the Gamecocks leading Maryland there. Also wanted to mention, just a couple of other notes, USC pitcher Roman Kimball, the transfer from Notre Dame, announced last night he will have Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss the season, so that's certainly a blow to the Gamecocks. They were counting on him to be a factor, but he hurt himself pitching in October, Got to have the surgery, going to miss the entire season. Clemson women's soccer team fell to Vanderbilt today, won nothing at Clemson despite outshooting the Commodores 9-7. So their season is over in the NCAA tournament first round there. And I uh, wanted to mention this. This week, the South Carolina Basketball Coaches Association announced their preseason awards, and the top players in the state were selected under what's called elite boys, S-E-B-C-A, elite boys and elite girls. And so the players selected for the elite boys, Jordan Butler of Christ Church, who signed with Missouri, Arden Conyers of Westwood, signed with South Carolina, Trey Maddox of Gray Collegiate, uh, Cameron Scott of Lexington, who's an underclassman, and Montrevious White of Gray Collegiate. Who I think is also an underclassman, and perhaps Maddox is as well. I don't know for sure. On the girls' side, Joyce Edwards of Camden, Malaysia Full Wiley from Keenan, Jessica Woods of Westwood, Riley Stack of Wren, Jadori Young of Greenville, Elena Nettles of Cane Bay, Amaya Ferguson of Timberland, and Kiara Kroski from Sumter. Okay? Identified as the top boys and girls in the state. Let's go to uh, is Rodney still with us in Mount Pleasant? We can take his call real quick before the break. Rodney, welcome into Sports Talk tonight. Good to have you with us. How are you?
9: I'm well, Phil. I'm going to end up having to try to be um, like that uh, commercial that used to be back I think in the the 80s or however it was. um, Talk um, 200 minutes um, 200 words in, in one minute, so to speak. But First, I uh, wanted to salute all of the, the veterans um, today. I, I work with two Air Force um, veterans, so I thanked them earlier. i working with the county. I was off today, so yesterday is when I thanked them for their service. But mm-hmm. wanted to put all of them in a listening voice, you know, give them the praise they deserve. Um, second, um, USC women are also playing right now. They are leading up at Maryland Um can't remember that, the last school, but they're in the, the third quarter. Well, let me update right it now. for
1: you because we're keeping a close watch on it. 46-38, the uh, USC women up on Maryland, three eleven to play third quarter. Boston with 13, right. Cook with 12, and Beal with nine. Right. The next thing, I um,
9: wanted to give the Benedict Tigers all of the praise, um, even though I went to state. Proud to, to see another HBCU in South Carolina doing well they're going to be hosting um, Tuskegee for the SIAC um, Conference Championship. So if people have a chance, go out. They should definitely take in that game because you don't often get a chance to see a, a team, no matter what sport, go undefeated. Um, the other thing as well, I don't know if you remember, but last season, the women, um, I think, started this trend as far as you know winning Conference Championship, as far as I think they won the tournament. I can't remember how they were in the regular season. But also, since I was in marching band, uh, this Sunday, for all the people out there in the listening audience haven't had a chance to see um, more than one um, HBCU band. It's going to be called the Battle of the Bands. Um, Benedict Allen, as well as um, the the 101, will be there on Sunday. It's 3 to 5, and it's at Benedict College. Um, Go to the school's website, it's very low, and you're helping the school out. But last but not least, wanted to congratulate my um, men's basketball team. They did very well as far as for their first game under the new head coach and wanted to just let everybody out there know that the football team as well, um, I think Coach Pete has already coined the expression, um um be the best you can be in twenty twenty three. Um I had no idea how many injuries we did have, but we're gonna be starting a a freshman as far as for the game against Howard. That'll be on um ESPN three. But the main thing is the following weekend Norfolk State is coming in. I was pretty much wanting to tout it as far as being the, the army navy of um HBC. Norfolk State is from the, the Norfolk Virginia area and they're known for a big military base. So I want to coin the expression that that'll
1: be our army navy game. Everybody show up and and support. Excellent. Thank you, my man. Have yourself a great weekend. We much appreciate it. Good hearing from you. No problem. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to hit the break. On the other side, we will give you the recruiting report for tonight. We'll update some other things as well. Clemson, 17-14, broke a run. The Gamecocks had going. Just got a three-pointer. The Tigers did by uh, Tyson, and uh, that put the Tigers. That broke a tie, put the Tigers back on top. They're shooting 50 percent, three of four from three. The Gamecocks only one of eight from distance, and the USC women still up on the Terps, 46-38, 3-11 to go. Third quarter. We'll be back.
0: Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
3: You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love, And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible.
0: Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life.
2: Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton,
4: and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states.
2: Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com.
1: Well, if you missed it today at Sea Wells, that's on you. That's your fault. It was a roast beef Friday, Pat. Did you get over there and get the meat sweats or anything like that?
3: I wish I, I had planned to, but ended up getting tied up with a meeting at lunch and was unable to actually get out there. I tried convincing the the three people I was meeting for lunch to, hey, I'll even treat. Let's let's go to Sea Wells and meet there, but. Didn't have, didn't have takers, but I'm sure it was fantastic. Yeah. It was a roast beef Friday along with southern fried chicken and fried flounder, all of which are fantastic.
1: And you know what they're going to do? They're going to take the weekend off. They're going to regroup. They're going to come back bigger and better than ever next week, another week of the daily luncheon buffet, 11 to 2. And if you're planning something big or something medium or something small, but you need the best in the catering business, none other than Seawells, those are the people to call their phone number is 803-771-7385. Online at SC.com. 2024 linebacker Andrew Hines is six one two fifteen. 215. He's from the famed Woodward Academy in Atlanta. He's been to Clemson more than any other school in recent years. About four times the most recent visit coming October 22nd for the Syracuse game. Tigers have not offered, but they're very interested. He says Wes Goodwin is... Been talking to him a good bit and letting him know how much he's uh, wanted by them and how he'd be a major part of their class, etc. They just haven't offered yet. But he does enjoy going to Clemson. He's liked it every time he's been there. He likes how the linebackers play at Clemson. He is not rushing into a decision, so it's okay. The Tigers haven't offered him yet. He's been to Clemson, Auburn, Michigan, Florida, Georgia Tech. This weekend is Georgia Tech. And LSU will be next weekend. Now, USC has an offer. He was at the Gamecock Clemson game last season and he has been in touch with uh, linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, Clayton White. Uh, they like him a lot. and He's also very interested in South Carolina and he likes the way that uh, they use their linebackers and the fact that White uh, sees him uh, able to play a number of different positions in the linebacking role and he has the Gamecocks in high regard. He said they're definitely up there with him right now. Uh, he is... Um, going to consider uh, the Gamecocks uh, moving forward. This season, 48 tackles, six sacks. South Florence quarterback Lenora Sellers continues to row through the playoffs. Second round win on Wednesday. He had 141 yards passing, three touchdowns, but that was only in the first half. He wasn't needed in the second half. They had a running clock and they were up like 50 to nothing. As for his recruiting, Georgia is the latest school to get in touch with him of late. And they've told him they want to build a relationship he also continues to hear from USC Shane Beamer, who invited him in for the Tennessee game. However, he is still pretty firm with his commitment to Syracuse, and right now he plans to watch them in person when they play at Wake Forest on the 19th. He's going to sign in December and enroll in January. Tied in Luke Chilton of Fredericksburg, Virginia. He talked with USC tight ends coach Jody Wright Thursday night, which has been their routine, and they've been talking about the possibility of a preferred walk-on offer and Chilton said Wright indicated to him that one would be coming his way when they talk next week. Chilton was in for the A&M game. He'll return for a bowl practice. Once he gets that from USC, he'll have that as an option along with a PWO offer from Virginia Tech, a scholarship offer from Army, and a Division III school he likes is offering him the chance to play football and basketball. Meantime, today the Gamecocks got a, a commitment from a, a tight end with a PWO offer, Lucas Voza, six four two forty, out of New Jersey and IMG Academy. He tweeted out, he's headed to USC. It's a PWO situation. 2024 punter place kicker Bobby Inkskler of Florida plans to visit Clemson on Saturday. He's quite a good prospect as a kicker. 2022 shortstop right-hander Sawyer Smith of North Myrtle Beach committed to Coastal Carolina. And uh, let's see if there's anything else we should mention that we haven't already mentioned. Cam Scott's on his official visit to Auburn this weekend. Uh, per Steve Wilfong of 247 Sports, 2024 receiver Ryan Wingo of St. Louis plans to be at Clemson for the uh, Miami game. All right, there you go. Recruiting. It's available on our website, sportstalksc.com, on Twitter at sportstalksc. We're back. Birdies and bogeys around South Carolina coming up.
4: Straight down the middle, it went straight down the middle.
0: Then it started to hook just a wee wee bit, and that's
7: when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has
4: never been found to this day, but it went straight down the middle. Like.
1: All right, it is time to kind of kick back, relax a little bit, and talk about some of the great things in the golf world around the state of South Carolina and beyond our beautiful borders. We welcome in, once again, edition of birdies and bogeys around South Carolina here on Sports Talk. He is George. He might have a three after his name, George Bryan Third, but he is number one in our hearts, George Bryan. Welcome in, George. How are you, sir?
7: Oh, I couldn't be better its it's uh it's sneaking up on my favorite time of year for, for golf. Golf course is on the weekend to myself, and we'll be there this Saturday and Sunday. How about you? How are you holding up? <laughs> oh,
1: you know, I'm on the road. I'm down here in Florida, South Carolina, Florida. we got a couple of more weekends to go after this, and I might reintroduce myself to my clubs. They've missed me. You know, I look at them every so often, and I wink at them, and I tell them, not too much longer, not too much longer. Um, but you know what? I am using my sticks. Uh, I'm using my Tsunami bar, keeping myself loose and limber, uh, tightening up those important muscles that Tsunami Robbie likes to talk about on our videos and on the show. So we're moving forward in that direction.
7: Oh, excellent. I'm uh, glad you brought up Tsunami Robbie. And let's get him on the tee. Welcome, Tsunami Robbie. Oop. Are you there, what tsunami, you? Robert? <laughs> I think you'll oh, wow. be with us in just a
1: moment. There he is. Go ahead, sir. Well, 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 well. Yep. We had him. Well, yep, yep. We're having we're having a problem with tsunami's line. So while we get him reconnected, George, I'll tell you that in the uh, the PGA event, the Cadence Bank Houston Open. Out there in Houston, Tony Finau, 65-62. He's 13-under. Patrick Rogers, 68-63. He's 9-under. Uh, Tyson Alexander and Alex Norin, they are at 8-under par. Uh, play suspended due to inclement weather there in Houston. Scotty Scheffler, 5-under, still on the course in round two. How about this? Matthew Neesmith, he went low. He went low, 64 gets him at two under we've got uh russell henley plus two doc redman still got some holes to play for round two he's four over ben martin the same uh plus seven and carson young uh also still to complete round two he's plus seven but how about matthew neesmith george 64
7: for the uh, native of south carolina today it's no surprise he uh he is so gifted, and he works. He works really hard. I'm, I was watching some of the telecast. I hadn't visited the golf course, but this is a, a public golf course. Looks like fun, you know, like a regular golf course that anybody can play and enjoy. But it challenges the golf pros, and you can tell our South Carolina guys got beat up pretty good. And I understand. Let's get Robbie on the tee. Let's see if yep can, can he tee it up.
2: <laughs> well, hey, guys, I'm not, sure,
3: I'm not sure what's going on with the system. It's doing this lovely thing. He can hear us, but we are unable to hear him. Uh, give me yeah. one more moment to try to get him reconnected a, a third a- time. A-
7: absolutely. Hey, Phil. While we do Phil, that, we George? Will, yep. We will just take – we'll keep taking swings. We never
6: give up.
1: Never no, give well, up. No, I was going to ask you to talk about, you know, it was signing day on Wednesday for golfers. Around the state of South Carolina, and I know you keep a close watch on that. Anybody in particular, male or female, you want to mention who signed up with somebody
7: this week? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave out probably more than I need to, but I will tighten up and and uh, do do my homework. There's a young fella from Lexington who uh, his name is Ashton Eubanks. He just committed to go play at Winthrop, and Ashton is one of these. I think he'll he could easily be a tour player uh if he if he puts his sets his sights on it he's uh really hits the ball forever he's got a great demeanor for the game, but uh he'll be going to play for kevin Penley and that's a great program in Rock hill so I know mm-hmm. you probably have mentioned some of the other players I'll be a little better prepared uh next week i am I, I do like to follow in this new era. Uh, they're they're uh, well, it's a little tougher for me to keep up with it, because I don't I don't I don't pay that much attention to social media like I should. So maybe you well, how, how about how uh, about
1: Rowan Sullivan from Charleston, signing with Vanderbilt? Yeah, we uh, talked about that very though good back.
7: In, yeah, we talked about that back, and that's old news. There, we had him on the show, and he was talking about it. Okay, He's, okay. Uh, well, listen, I can't remember these things. How
1: about Will Baker? Out of Georgia, Prince Avenue Christian, he signed with Clemson. You know much
7: about him? Do not. I do not. Uh, but Rowan Sullivan had great conversation with him back in the spring. And he, uh, without a doubt, he's, he, he's, he's, he could, just like Ashton Eubanks, these two fellas, they look, they could play basketball. We're talking 6'2, 6'3, 6'4, look like they're in great shape. But, yeah, Su- Sullivan is uh, – he could be a tour player as well. I, I, I've been to a few of the junior tournaments uh, recently, and I, I, I can't get over how how fast they swing that golf club and how long they hit that ball. They seem to manage themselves really good. So it'll be fun to watch these young ones get on and play college golf. How about now? Can we get Tsunami Robbie on the team? Let's give it another shot.
1: No, we don't. them. We,
7: we don't have him. We, hey,
1: so the curse the, of tsunami, uh, Robbie.
7: Hey, so I, I do uh, want to recognize some of the juniors, and we'll talk about the. This is the the junior spotlight again. I, this segment's sponsored by tsunami bar sports, and we mentioned we mentioned this last week, but I didn't offer anything but the champions on the boys. The boys' fall challenge champion is Andrew Gregory, uh, Richard. And Acriario finished second. DJ Belcher third. On the girls' side, the girls' champion is Olivia Roberts. And then Claire Green finished second. Mia Andrade finished third. And uh, Mia plays at Chapin. And speaking of Chapin, they won, I think, they won. They finished runner-up in the girls' state championship, I think, for the second or third time in a row. Uh so let me, we go re tee and see if uh Tsunami Robbie is live again. Yep. So let have, me
1: do this. Let me let me do this. Let me just update this real quick cuz this is important. USC women leading Maryland 67-44. Fourth quarter. USC men leading Clemson 29-26. 3:11 to go in the half. Now let's see if we've got Tsunami
7: Robbie with us. Hello sir live and in the house i can hear everything now i'm good to go <laughs> you know,
1: it, it, you're worth the effort my friend you're worth the effort i've got a new video of you up on the website uh, continuing to instruct on the use of the uh, tsunami bar hopefully people are, are clicking on it and getting a look at it and reacting to it but uh it's great to have you with us i'll let you two uh talk about things at this point george
7: well, we def- definitely can't leave you out because you're now we we're going to get you on the schedule to come visit the Tsunami Bar Training Center. At Tsunami Robbie, we were uh, in this past week in an impact conditioning class, and while we're on uh, this Tsunami Bar Training Center, I, I started the week in Savannah. It ended last week. We talked about it on the show. We several of our South Carolina guys got beat up pretty good though in the Corn Ferry Tour qualifying. The first one I'll mention, Scott Stevens got close. Scott's trained right there at the Tsunami Bar Training Center. He finished just outside the bubble and will not have that precious uh, unconditional exempt status. He earned he earned uh, a conditional status through his Canadian Tour performance. Trent Phillips, Spartanburg, and University of Georgia, Bulldog barely missed it as Jacob Bridgman of, Greenville, he came up a little bit short and both those, uh, Jacob played at Clemson as we talked about plenty but uh, Scott Stevens trains right there at the Tsunami Bar Training Center and Tsunami, Robbie, talk a little bit about how much fun that technology is to use Man, that stuff is awesome you know, uh, uh, it never ceases to amaze me that I've trained for all of these years going back to uh, (laughs) the nineteen. Late 1970s, early 1980s, when I really, really got into it heavily, and uh, and and I and I trained, and I won't say it was the wrong way. It was we were training to the knowledge that we had available, but uh, we went through all these sets and reps and heavy weight and trying to build gigantic muscles and doing all kinds of weird stuff, and and uh, and all it did was we got a result, but in the process, it was breaking us down. Uh, so I've had shoulder injuries. My knees are trashed. Uh, you know, I don't move. You know, I don't move like a cheetah like I used to. But now, uh, <laughs> <that was, laughs> what? This you know, you technique. don't strike me as a cheetah. You
1: you strike me more as a as a lion. You know, just sort of slowly, uh, slowly strolling through the jungle looking for your prey. Not somebody who will actually dart from point to point. More of a i would run, run it and, down and, and maul you. <laughs> 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 it's,
7: uh, it was uh, it was a thing of beauty back in the day, but uh, not so much anymore. But uh, the technology has has kind of brought me back because late, uh, you know, I've got some miles on the tread now, and I'm I'm in my sixties, and I, I still in my mind, I'm still in my twenties, and I can do all that stuff, but I can't. And uh, and I, so I I try and try and try, and I was failing miserably until I found this technology and uh, started to apply all the old stuff that I used to do, Olympic lifting, traditional lifting, Western pyramids, West Side dynamic and max effort days, all the other uh, methods of training to build muscle and strength, and they all apply with the Tsunami Bar with less wear and tear on the body because it just doesn't break you down with all that muscular and skeletal abrasion. And and, And then we bring out this equipment for a golf lineup or and we say golf we talk about golf all the time but it applies to baseball, basketball, softball, tennis, uh, in any other sport where you're where you're using speed, agility and explosive power to gain an edge athletically and this stuff applies to that. And we've uh, found that to be true over a number of years with all the high schools that we work with and, and now the colleges are really biting into it and a few professional teams are now noticing it and, and implementing it in their programs. And it works. And uh, so we got, uh, we got stuff, and we keep developing new stuff. So it's the, the train isn't stopping here. We're going to keep on going. Speaking of, speaking of new, we were Tuesday night. We got a, there's an impact conditioning class. Tuesday nights. hoping you can uh, check out. I, I think you could, well, you know, after I send you the link, Phil, you could actually sign up right there on your website, on the Sports Talk website. I don't know that Mm -hmm. I've done that yet, but I will get it to you. But you can definitely sign up. Just go to – once you look at yours, transfer uh, the South Carolina radio network, then transfer over to the Tsunami Bar training. You can sign up for it on Tuesday night. It's a golf specificity training called Impact Conditioning. Tsunami, Robbie, you had some really fun-looking brand-new moves with the Multi 47 from heaven, and that one fits in the golf bag. We got the picture. You got to visualize the technology, or or just go through the website and you can see Phil and Robbie using that multi forty seven. It fits in the golf bag, two and a half pounds. But to, the, what, I when must it comes, say, to, just to be more exact, it's more Robbie
1: using and me watching. <laughs> you know, just to be exact.
7: Oh no, no, <laughs> we it's, we caught, caught on video, and you do a good job. That was just that was just you had been poorly trained by me, but Tsunami Robbie, he's the pro trainer. He had you tied yeah. it up. But it, Tsunami Robbie, talk about the you know how much fun the agility training is with, for example, the multi forty-seven and some of the ideas that you have come up with. Well, the um, you know the, the it looks it looks almost very simplistic in in the bar itself. It's just a straight bar with a couple of foam rubber handles on it and the bar bends a little bit so it's flexible. But we can do other things with it to make it more dynamic. We can uh, we have ways to attach bands to it so we can do rotational movements with band resistance, offset to one side or another. We can do shoulder stabilization, we can do explosive um you know chopping moves that are going to help especially in the golf game. We we do it a lot with medicine balls and weight stacks, but now you can have a nice little package that fits in the, in the front bag of, of, your, of your golf bag. The one that, uh, you know, might hold your range finder or something like that. All this stuff is very nice and neat, fits into a little small place. The bar itself can fit into the bag. You can pull up on the front seat. There's four carts ahead of you waiting to tee off. So you got nothing to do, but sit there and bake in the sun. How about get out, attach a band to the cart and warm up. It's just that simple. And uh, you can do it with the bands in the bar, put it, put it right back in the bag, It's out of sight out of mind, and you can go enjoy, joy around after getting warmed up like you should. Yep, and that's uh, a little bit of the right kind of movement can go a long way, and technically it makes, it makes golf an easier game. So there's, a, there's some thought out there that golf can be difficult. Uh, the technology, at least what we're finding, uh simplifies makes it easier allows it allows folks to access not just their natural uh god-given skill but their trained skill and phil Canders, he's an 81 year old that we've spoken of in the last three years has picked up uh without exaggerating one yard more than 15 slightly more than 15 on the fly which equates to about 20 to 25 after the ball rolls out so he was at about 190 three years ago at 78 and he uh, we played with him last week well actually week before last now and Phil was out there 230 to 240 and witnessed by not just myself but Tsunami Robbie and Mike Mike Ramsey as well so it's uh, how does it sound Phil Kornblut for the older we get, the longer we can get. How do, what does that sound like? You know, that would be magic.
1: That would be absolutely magical. <laughs> if you could hit the ball longer, the, the, the less that you kind of – I mean, you know, as you get older, I guess, you know, muscle-wise, you, maybe you're not what you used to be, but there's a way through all this to develop more clubhead speed, right? Make better contact absolutely. and hit it longer.
7: Is that what you're saying? We're not we're not exaggerating. We got I have more than just we have more than just one person to validate. There's others. I'll without going down a list. There's Tom. There's Richard. These these men are over well over 75. In fact, a couple of them 80 plus, and they have literally gotten longer over the last three or four years. Now that hey, this, there's more to golf than how far you hit it, but. When you're climbing sure. that ladder there when you're climbing that ladder the thought of, of gaining more speed and here's the thing too Wesley w- which we talked about my son Wesley he was injured got injured twice but almost back to back and he uh, came back fat much faster and that's not unusual when you talk when w- for a high 20s early 30s athlete uh, but when it comes to a player like well at least the kind of injuries Wesley had. Before the injury, he was uh, somewhere in that 115, 112 to 115 club speed. And after the injury, he's, at, he's got three to five miles an hour more. That's a that's significant gain. So that technology, uh, now now he's got to find the ball. That's the other part, by the way. <laughs> he can, he can <laughs> swing it faster. He just needs to get better at finding it.
8: Yeah. <laughs>
7: Uh, so it's it's one of those things that uh, it, it's, it amazes me to see what can happen. And when we get into the hands of the young folks, the high school and the college kids, and we have several, uh, several of the college teams that are using the product, it does uh, take on a whole brand-new, different perspective. These ki- kids don't need much to get a big benefit. Yeah, those guys um, – Came into the gym. I saw him yesterday. As a matter of fact, G saw Scott and uh, Wesley and Will. They all came in, got a workout in, and um, you know uh, those guys. Those guys enjoy it, and that's. And it's, it's not the way it used to be. It used to be, the workout part was what you didn't want to do, but it was a necessary evil. You just kind of did it because you knew it was going to make you a little bit better, make you feel better, make you perform better. These guys, they get in there and, and, um, they have a great time doing it, which they're friends and they enjoy working out and hanging out together, but, uh, they got a good workout in. I was watching what they were doing that, uh, they got after it. They all had a good sweat rolling. And when they left, they were all smiling and joking and having a great time. Uh, as opposed to my old days of working out where you lay on the floor for a half an hour and, and hope somebody doesn't step on you because you can't move, uh, any, any
6: longer. So it, uh, it's
7: a, it's a different way of training and, um, Anybody that's really – if they got any interest at all, 720 Chris Drive, come on out. I'll take you through it. Tsunami Bar Sports, tsunamibarsports.com. And you can check it out on the website. Phil, I know uh, you're on the road. Enjoy uh, enjoy yourself. And the golf clubs are screaming and crying. And Tsunami Robbie, enjoyed our talk tonight. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. And, and uh, until – Next time, y'all tee them high, but shoot them low. Guys, as always, we appreciate it. Yes, George,
1: they're just resting. They're at rest, <laughs> but they know they're about to be put to use here in the near future. Robbie, thank you very much, sir. Have a great weekend.
7: Thank you, guys. Great talking to you.
1: You too. Thank you, George. Thank you, as always. A pleasure to have George and Robbie on with us. And, yes, Tsunami Bar Sports is fantastic. I mean, I'm not just saying that because these are buds, you have to go see it to understand what we're talking about. Pat, I want you to go out there one day and take a look at it. Any of you listening to us, get over there, and they'll be happy to show you around and show you what they're doing. It is high-tech, scientific, but it's good for you. It's healthy and If you're into bodybuilding in terms of getting your – I'm not talking about, you know, being a huge weightlifter or that kind of thing. I'm talking about helping to get your body in good shape and feeling good and tightened up a little bit. That is a great place to go to see what they have going on. And get yourself a Tsunami bar. They're not expensive, and you can use that in so many different ways just around the house while you're sitting around doing nothing or while you're walking around. If you look at some of the videos we've posted – from Robbie, you can see the different ways that you can use that. It is it is fantastic stuff. And thanks to the guys for being with us. All right, the USC women, they're about to close out Maryland, 74-54, 138 to play. She's cleared the bench. So, Cook leads the Gamecocks with 18, but only 4 of 14 from the floor, 6 of 7 from the line. But she did hit four threes. All of her fours, all of her field goals were three-pointers. So, Cook had 18, Boston was 16 and 13, so that's back-to-back double-doubles to open the season. Cardosa with 13 points, five rebounds, and I always stop myself before I say this name. Amirhi, 10 points and eight rebounds for the Gamecocks. So, good balance scoring, and they are leading 77-54. The men, USC men, have turned it around against Clemson. Clemson had the early advantage. The Gamecocks had the late run, 35-26. USC is leading at the half. Gamecocks being led in scoring. G.G. Jackson's got 10 points, 4 rebounds in 16 minutes. And he's the only Gamecock in double figures. Carter's got 8. And with 6 points is right. Clemson led by um
3: Big News, you'll see the name that yeah. led the first half, PJ Hall. J. He J. entered Hall. the game Where with where'd he come from? So he, he practiced all week. I hesi- I should have brought this up in the first hour, but I hesitated because he practiced lightly all week, was questionable slash doubtful to play tonight. So this is a bit surprising. But he entered the game about with about fifteen minutes remaining in the first half and, and has led the Tigers at, at, at this yeah. point. He led them with seven points. Uh, and four rebounds in the first half. But as you mentioned, the Gamecocks finished the half on a 14-2 run after Clemson went ahead 24-21 with 526 remaining, and now the Gamecocks lead 35-26 at the break.
1: Well. Wow. Wow, how about that? They kept that under wraps. Was there any reporting on that before the game started? I didn't see it.
3: Minimal, but I have one other kind of breaking story for you here. I don't believe you mentioned it. Marshawn Lloyd did not travel with the Gamecocks to Gainesville, so that's confirmed. Marshawn Lloyd will be out tomorrow for the Gamecocks.
1: As I figured, based on what Beamer said on Tuesday and Thursday, you can tell by the way he talks when a guy's not going to play. Had that feeling, okay, we'll see what happens Uh, Thanks for being with us and join us for the scoreboard later on tonight. Have a great night.